0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It's May 9th of 2023 and this is Q&A number 143. This podcast has been going since August of 2020. It was created for my Facebook virtual coaching group. So uh, I'd like to welcome back a member, Sammy from the United Kingdom. And also welcome new members, Teresa and Aubrey from Florida. Um, Before we get started, as everyone knows, I like to do a quick story and go over the topic and then we do Q&A before the topic and I try to cover any little details that I need to, that's pertinent for this week uh, in the group. Um, So, but before we get started, um, something I think that's really important this weekend, you know, was the Kentucky Derby and There was a lot of sadness before it with horses dying just two-year-olds breaking legs and collapsing and things like that and you know something that draws such a happy time for crowds and millions of people watching and stuff it's really kind of sad what goes on behind the scenes and i often think about that too in competition we had here in florida we had the derby days in ocala florida and it was live webcast So I was pretty busy both days, but I was able to tune in, or three days, I was able to tune in um, and watch some of it Sunday evening. I was tired and didn't want to do any more video reviews, so I went ahead and watched, and I got to see how a lot of people are in the holding pen. And you can tell the nervous writers from the confident writers, and you can just read a lot from body language. And it's such an important part um, that you have to believe in yourself in order to win, And you have to have that calm, confident focus for your horses um, in order for them to go out there and work like you're in practice in your own backyard or your favorite pin. And, um, and that kind of, you know, you hear riders say often, man, if it was in my backyard, I would have won it. That's because you ride different. A lot of times I review videos for riders at a practice pin or, or their home pin and their whole body and, language is completely more relaxed and focused than it is when they're in competition and oftentimes super shows can bring that out even worse because you have just a sheer numbers and you know high high quality horses and riders there and it just puts pressure on yourself to go out there and be like okay I need to be you know this time or I need to do this when you really need to take it off yourself and just say you know I want to be smooth clean whatever you know and, um, and things like that, you know, and, and definitely you want to be in it to win. And I'm not saying go out there and not try. What I am saying is just try to be your own personal best by being calm and focused and confident for your horse, riding them like you would ride them in a relaxed environment. Um, and that is a win. Right there is a win. And you need to acknowledge your wins. Oftentimes we look at things On the end of the scale instead of the beginning of the scale and don't remember what it was like when we started um, I do you know we have a member in our group uh, in particular that did really well this weekend at Derby Days um, Barbara and her horse Memphis and when they joined the group I don't know 11 months ago they were running 1D 2D times they they were running 2D and 3D times at super shows they were already very accomplished and doing great but there was about 10 things I've seen her do really well and change since joining the group. And all it took was a little bit of slow video reviews and pointing out one or two things at a time and watching her magnificent mind. She's a retired teacher who's living her dream now with an amazing horse in his prime. And um, just to watch her mind work where she would take whatever Thing i pointed out and she would apply it that week and and just amazing stuff like in the beginning you'll it, she often held her balance rein too long and would pull her horse's nose to the outside now here she is going from clocking 3d in perry georgia uh, at a super show to clocking 1d in ocala florida with 300 400 entries and um you know 10 different things have changed over these and i've listed the 10 things in the group but Just a variety of things from, you know, now she rides one-handed from first to second and doesn't swap her hands till she is almost there. And uh, second to third, she doesn't even go back to two hands often, and her horse just works. And, um, you know, the other things like how she reads arenas and sets up for alleyways and her arc and her approach, whether based on the individual pin, um, getting up and pulling up on her horn and going with her horse. Uh, Kicking more indoors versus outdoors, not being, you know, outdoors he runs more free and indoors he's way more uh, lazy and rady, so she has to be more assertive and aggressive and energy. Um, Changing her hand position from being high, uh, chest high, to being forward and low, horn high. You know, even using, you know, the uh, rubber bands on her saddle sometimes to remind herself in competition not to let her hand get up. Um. Just uh, multiple things, her connection with her horse, her confidence with her horse, uh, knowing her horse even more. Um, but like I said, I listed like 10 things in the group that I watched them improve on. And it's been almost a year. I want to say 10 or 11 months. It's been a while. And that's why some of you have only been in the group for maybe a month or two and you get a little frustrated and, and understand that this um, barrel racing is not just a... Uh, a short venture. There's so many things, and and the cool part is whether you have a hundred thousand dollar horse you purchased or a two thousand dollar horse that you made. Uh, the ultimate end result, you still have to be the jockey that knows how to get the most out of that horse. You still have to know how to warm them up, how to keep them healthy mentally and physically, how to tune during the week. What's the best diet for them? Um, you know, there's just so much, you know, that, that mental game I talked about, the prepping, the visualizing, the, you know, just so much goes into putting that puzzle together. And it can be a winning puzzle or it can be a very frustrating in the slump losing puzzle. So that's why when you send your video, I get I have an extra set of eyes to give you an outside opinion. I, I'm not biased on any means. I want everybody to be their best whether you're in the 5d or the 1d and my set of eyes i see the sometimes when you're in the forest you don't see the trees so i give the eyes of outside the forest and say you know did you notice this did you notice that and sometimes you'll be like wow i didn't even see that and that's the little things that barbara would take each video not to mention how much she went indoors too my youth writer that's um, in the group that was in the 1D last year. That's not where she started the first time she went to world. First time was 4D and then hitting barrels and then 3D and then 2D. And then this last year, finally in the 1D, it's not something you're just going to show up and win the thing unless you just happen to have the run of your life or you're just on a really great horse and everything came together. Most people are on good horses and they're good jockeys and they have to really work hard to get that excellent to come together um, for that great run and that means seasoning that means hauling if your goal is to run super shows you need to go to super shows because your riding is going to be different in an outdoor pin versus an indoor pin the timing the fire the quickness so I just wanted to share that because I know some of you you know you may not be on cloud nine right now. We're starting a new list of personal bests for May. And you know, a lot of people ran this weekend, I only had a couple personal bests. So I'm telling you this because I don't want you to be discouraged when you don't have that run you want. Focus on 1% improvement. Uh, the Tumblr Challenge, I'm giving away two TLC Barrels Tumblr Challenges at the end of May. Um, all you've got to do is do three of my drills and send me a video that I can see how you practice at home, give you a little bit of feedback, and I'll put you on the list. You don't even have to do all three. If you just send me one, you get on the list, but I'd love for you to do all three. And then I'll draw two names at the end of the month. But one of them is the Figure 8 Drill, which is in the group. The other is circles with rollbacks. And then um, the third one was the big circle, small circle, single barrel drill. And um, one's a warm-up drill that you can use before competition. And the other two are technique drills to do during the week to um, get you and your horse in sync together. And the little details matter, you know, like looking between their ears, having your outside hip and shoulder and your outside stirrup guiding your big circle and then when you want to snap or roll back or finish a turn tight using more eyes inside hip and shoulder outside leg to come out that's why the circles and rollbacks matter because I want you to know how you're using your body um, and how that communicates with your horse the other thing I think is so important is the release so often I watch riders and they start with these heavy bridles heavy hands heavy spurs how's your horse ever going to get light? Take all that off during the week. Put in some split reins and an O-ring. You know, put a snaffle or a side pull on your horse and some split reins and start with one ounce of pressure, you know, and, and ask as light as you can and release quickly as soon as they give you the right answer. Sure, you might have to increase pressure until you get the answer, whether that's moving away from pressure or giving to pressure, but if you start heavy, you can't go light. But if you start light, you will create a lighter, softer horse. Mark my words. So those are the things you go back to basics during the week and focus on. I also want to congratulate Nancy uh, and Earl and Toot out of Georgia for being the April Personal Best Drawing winner. So congratulations, Nancy. Um, The skill challenges and mindset challenges for May have been put in the group. One is the big and small I just mentioned, um, the big and small uh, single barrel is the challenge with the tumbler, with the eights and the circles and rollbacks. That is your skill challenge, and the tumblers will be awarded to anyone who takes part in that challenge. The mindset challenge is to work on your mental game for confidence and focus. That might in in that might require that you take big exhales and. Get yourself in a situation, even at work or with your husband or your kids or anything and take those deep breaths, calm yourself down and be focused and confident and positive. And, you know, in those little things that you handle day to day situations or when you're training your horse or when you're practicing, put all of those things into play. So it becomes part of your automatic get in the zone before you run. Um, It just becomes a habit for you. Another thing I put in the group this past week was a video review of uh, Jamie Hunt and his horse Juice um, winning at the Ruby uh, Ruby Buckle. They won uh, a 1D shootout, I believe it was, but the run um, was a really cool run, a 15.3. And he, that horse, I don't think that horse has been running that long. Um, they call him Juice. And um, the course cost him like 1,500 bucks. Now, mind you, they had to do uh, a bone chip removal surgery and a lot of other stuff to get him going but I think he's won over 300,000 lifetime earnings and it's just a really cool horse to watch this horse is one of those rare great horses that these people have developed and they've done a great job developing him um, and you watch how he runs around a barrel he's in a o-ring that has the ring inside the o-ring and just a little nylon bonnet so pretty light equipment um he doesn't have to check him he's more of a push horse uh you see he drives him in the hole the horse throughout the entire turn pulls with his shoulders and pushes with his hindquarters not losing momentum and that's where you'll see memphis and barbara memphis makes it look effortless and it's not barbara's working her butt off with her cues and her preparation in advance one of the other things she tunes up at keeping him round you know going From the time she sits in her turn to her pivot spot, she does a lot of tuning to keep him round and then has that fire out. And that's why you'll always see Memphis get his hiney in the hole now. He rides up in the hole with his hindquarters and he snaps out of his pivot spot. And it just looks effortless because of all that tuning. And, you know, he's an amazing athlete and he gives 110%. But I assure you, he would not be doing that without Barbara's tuning and um and the way that she's queuing him inside versus outside and such so um it's been it's been fun for me to be a part of their journey and I love seeing how she puts it all together and just phenomenal um as a rider as a jockey as a trainer as a as a horse just a really fun team to watch so um so I feel really blessed to have TLC I've always loved training probably even more than competition there was a time where competition you know, was uh, something that I couldn't get enough of, but it was always a balancing act for me because of being a wife and a mother and a a business owner with TLC, training horses and lessons and clinics, and then competing on three of my own horses and client horses. So it's always been a balancing act to do it all. For most people, you can relate to that. Um, So, but I've always, always loved the helping others become their own personal best and Oftentimes it means the rider uh, and the horse that I'm helping beating me in competition. And that's okay because that's kudos to me for getting to help them as well. So I never took it as, oh, they're beating me. I always took it as, you know, look at my student go, look at my client go. And, you know, being happy for them. Um, but today's topic is about life lessons. Um that you can learn from me from my experience and believe you me a lot of it's been hard lessons learned it hasn't all been easy learned lessons but that's the great thing about having a coach because you can shave you can shave a lot of wasted time off by not doing it the hard way um and by having the help so and you should always be learning as much as you can um so um, I'm going to go ahead and go through the Q&A and then get into the topic. The first Q&A I had come in um, was about the nebulizer or equoresp um, mist thing that they have for equine horses or for horses, sorry. Um, and they wanted to know if they thought they were helpful and um, and all of that for, where the worst if I think they said the price was like $650 and if you could put essential oils in it. Um, first of all. I uh, yes, I've heard amazing things for horses that maybe have some lung issues or bleeding concerns or allergy concerns. Um, it's a great thing. And for 650, that's nothing compared to what people are spending on Magnoids and Beamers and Theraplates and, and such like that. So if your horse has a lung issue or allergy issue, that would be great. I would definitely follow what um, the instructions come with that. And I discuss it with your vet. I don't believe in putting essential oils into and forcing a horse to breathe it because I think you need to be able to get away from it and not force it on too long. Um, I do use essential oils on horses, but I put them either on their coronary bands or under their jawline, and I just let it absorb into the horse uh, naturally that way, topically, or I'll let them just breathe it right out of the bottle in their nose, and then they can pull away when they want. When you put a mask on their face, they cannot pull away from that Uh, breathing mechanism so I'd be very careful what I put in there for sure Um, but letting opening a bottle and just letting the horse sniff it like breathe would be awesome breathe respiratory blend I use daily especially in the spring right now when allergies are horrible for me I would often put it on my horses on their lung points or acupressure lung points before competition to open up their lungs. It really truly helps. It's amazing. If I find myself stuffed up, I just put a little breathe on and all of a sudden my nose is clear again. So so um let's see the next question was about my favorite um bit or side pool. Um for me it's the beetle hack and the three piece uh, dog bone for charity bit by professional choice. Um, But I have a YouTube video on what bits I use, and you can find that at the members only group or uh, search it in the group as well. Let's see. Um, Do I think that shoes could help um, a horse in competition? Um, That's a complicated question. And honestly, shoes to me, um, I feel like uh, shoes are good for protection, correction, and sometimes traction. I do think that all farriers have their favorite shoes and and certain shoes fit certain horses' feet better. Um, I think it depends on the ground where you're at, like Colorado obviously is so much different than California and Florida ground with the soft sand versus the harder rock, clay and such. Um, I do think though, if you do keep your horses shod, if you pull them off, you need to pull them off in the dry season. Um, or maybe for the snowbirds when it's snowing and they're in the barns and off and not riding. Um, but I wouldn't pull them off because they'll have tender feet in the middle of a competition season. You're looking at possible stone bruises and abscesses if you do that. Um, if you do put shoes on your horse, be aware of how your them. A shoeer can make or break you. Um, you know, if they don't have a foot balanced, if they're not, you know, building the horse's... Um, angles laterally immediately um to match their pastern and shoulder angles um you know so left to right front to back is important you know taking the toe back you know x-rays is a good idea um sometimes if you feel like you need them with your horse to make sure that the p1 p2 p3 are lining up well but i've seen so many farriers make um you know, careers shortened because of not balanced feet. So whether they're barefoot or shod, that's got to come first. And like I said, every fair is going to have their favorite chrome shoes or steel shoes they like um, to work with. And like I said, based on the horse's feet. So that's pretty complicated. But I, I look at barefoot as a good thing for horses. Um, God designed them to have traction. Also expansion and co- um, connection, collection, expansion and what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when they come compact back and the frog is great for absorption of all that Um, so if you keep a shoe on this too tight a horse can get contracted heels and other issues as well so you certainly want to make sure that it's done properly and and yes some horses like I said need them for protection correction or traction Um, Again, so I think that's kind of a personal thing that you have to go through with your sports medicine vet, your farrier, and your your own gut feeling when you ride your horse, how they feel. Um, The next question was about drills for the motion, but um let's see so why don't i okay okay so why do i like drills okay so um they're asking me why do i like doing drills rather than just running the barrels um so a lot of times your open horses you don't even need to take them back to barrels but you want to build your relationship with them so that's why i like the drills because um, they can really allow the horse and rider to build that teamwork and you can work on your weaknesses and your strengths without ever taking your poor horse to the barrels over and over. But I also like it for the young horse, before I ever take them to the barrels, I want a certain amount of brokenness to them. I want a certain amount of balance to them, And they should be able to do, at the very least, lope a big and small circle without struggling. I know people are competing and can't even lope a big and small circle correctly. That's a problem. I would never, ever, like I never took Rocky above a trot on the barrels until he could lope the D pattern one-handed. And then when I loped him on the barrels first time, it was a piece of cake for him. I have videos of his first to fourth lope throughs, and it looks like he's been doing it a long time because he could lope the D pattern one-handed. He had a lot of natural collection and balance and, um, carried itself correctly because of doing the extension and collection work and speed control off body, mainly off my seat, my legs, and such. So so that I hope that answers that. Um, let's see here. Well next question was about what would the costs and expectations be for sending a horse off to training? Um, okay. She wanted to know if twelve hundred dollars a month. Was fair. Um, well, that's in Alabama too. So obviously, California, you can't hardly rent, pay for board for less than a thousand a month. So imagine what training would cost. Probably closer to three thousand a month. You know. Um, so I would think that you know, if you're paying uh, board of a thousand in in the like New York or California obviously the training prices are going to be much crazier. So, but here in the South, Alabama, Florida, and things like that, it's pretty common to see $1,200. And that's just for maybe riding five days a week, having the owner maybe come for one less than a week. And that may include hay and feed. Um, and it may not. They may want you to bring your own hay and feed um, for that price. Uh, and also, you um, a lot of them have minimum of 60 to 90 days. A lot of people won't take horses in for a 30-day tune-up or a 30-day miracle unless they really know the horse and they know it's just some fine-tuning. But if you're looking at basics and barrels, it shouldn't be less than 60 to 90 days and minimum probably 1200 with the prices of hay and feed right now. For me, I always asked them to bring one bale of hay and one bag of feed at move-in so that I could match it or at least slowly change it if I couldn't match it so we didn't have a colicky horse. Um, a lot of times when people came in, I upped their hay and lowered their feed because the horses were hot and they didn't need all the feed and supplements they were getting, and I just got them down to almost just quality hay. I personally love ONA or TNA. Um, if I can't find a good mix, I mix my own. So I'll buy alfalfa and and Timothy or orchard separate and feed it. But in Florida, a lot of people feed, in Georgia, people feed peanut hay. They feed coastal hay. But again, if you're doing it to save money, you're going to end up with a colic bill if your horses aren't used to that. A vet bill for colic so you want to any gradual changes you want to do any changes you want to do gradually is what i'm trying to say and it depends on what your horse is raised on if you go from one kind of hay or feed to another one right away you're looking you could cause yourself a colic or laminitis bill real real fast so and the same thing i want to talk about spring grass right now um be careful right now with spring grass. A lot of people are happy not to have to pay hay, so they're letting horses eat the grass. But that's a lot of sugar in grass, and you can have laminitis upsets, and your horse's feet can get abscesses from being in the wet morning. Do a lot in the morning, so just keep an eye on that as well. Remember, balance is everything. And, you know, you have to look at, you know, when you're looking at phosphorus and calcium and magnesium and all that stuff, you don't want to have, all one thing and all the other. You want balance. In California, a lot of people fit oat hay or alfalfa hay and a lot of horses got erytholites, which are stones that build from too much calcium. It's like a rock that builds in their horse's intestines and they end up with impaction colics and have to have them surgically remove these rocks and they're caused by too much calcium of straight alfalfa diets. But here, you know, in the south you have grass pastures or you feed grass hay with your alfalfa so if you have a mix that's good but you don't want to have an excess of alfalfa especially young horses they can get the OCDs I think it's called I might be saying the initials wrong on that one but where they get the like arthritis bone spur thingies in the joints um again I'm probably saying the the initials wrong so it's been a long day um let's see here uh next question gosh I've been talking so much already um let's see Uh, Let's see, move forward. Okay. Okay, so that was about the, um, how do I keep my horse moving forward? Um, So remember, your eyes are so important. Your eyes are where your horse should look. Your shoulders are your horse's shoulders. Your hips are your horse's hips. So if you want your horse moving forward, you need to protect, project your eyes, shoulders, and hips going forward. Um, often riders look down at the ground or look down the horse's neck or they put weight in the inside stirrup all of those things are going to cause a horse to anticipate and stall out so remember um how important and how everything is connected and that's why i have you do circles and true turns because i feel like it can help you um feel the difference of how your eyes shoulders and hips affect your horses Uh, let's see the next question I think I answered that one previously. All right. So we're going to go into topic life lessons I've learned through my experience. Um, So to be the best coach I can be, and I'm always trying to be a better coach, especially now, like I've always been a coach with people that came with their training horses for lessons. I've always done the clinics the last 20 years. I've always done private lessons, group lessons. So in person, I'm pretty comfortable, but virtually I'm having to really think it through. Am I offering the program enough that you're getting the whole program? If you're not listening to my Q&A, if you're not watching my videos, um, if you're not watching the reviews I do, you're probably not getting my whole program and you're probably not advancing as you should. So I really hope you do take advantage of it. But to be the best coach I can be, I have to look at your mindset so often. Um, The way that we grew up, uh, our experiences in life, or how we interpret everything, and it's how we tick um, in life. You know, it's how we tick in competition, um, how we handle failure, how we handle uh, slumps, how we handle uh, winning streaks. Um, You know, a lot of us can look at our lives and say, you know, I survived this or I survived that. Um, Not one of us has gone through life without making big screw-ups and sinning Um, There's not a person here in this planet that hasn't sinned. We're all sinners. We've all made mistakes Um, But that's where my experience can help you to not make the same mistakes that I did Um, So when I talk to you about things the goals that you should have um, number one spiritually I will tell you hands down when I'm close to God my life is so much more peaceful and focus when I drift off to whatever shiny new thing that I feel like I need in my life that's not putting God first maybe I feel you know my biggest thing I guess for me was you know and I'm not playing victim I'm not playing survivor I'm just saying experiences everybody's had them you know, your parents divorce at eight, you get married and go off with your husband and leave your family and you expect your husband you to be the best of friends and do everything together and grow together, not apart. It doesn't happen that way. And then you put them first for everything and you kind of Only give your heart to your business half and your horse's half because you're giving the other half to the husband and the son and then all of a sudden it's all gone and everything's changed and so you know I mean life all these things happen and then you're having to constantly reinvent yourself okay I'm on my own now and my priorities are here you know this is my priority now and this is where I'm at here today so um, but I'm not saying there weren't times that I chose the wrong choices, that he chose the wrong choices. Um, I'm not saying there were things that happened. A lot of you ask me, why don't I come to the super shows and coach everybody? Or why don't I show up at the little shows around here and coach my riders and, you know, for them and stuff? And, and honestly, um, mostly because I'm doing lis- lessons and making a living. And, and also, I try to take a me day on the weekends, too. Um, because I need it and um, and also uh, I do plan to start hauling Rocky and my pup um, you know once I get back in the saddle and get everybody me and him leg like, back up and all that and doing things but the reason why and I will tell you there was a time back in 20 I guess it was like 2014 maybe 20 somewhere around 2012 to 2014 I built this pretty established group of riders that I trained their horses. There was probably six horses I was training and a bunch of regular lessons. And I even love this group so much. They were all close by me, so I saw them all the time and all the barrel races, same barrel races. I even had like NFR Christmas parties, customer appreciation party, and have everybody come over and we play, you know, bet on the NFR and play poker and exchange gifts and, you know, eat and drink and just enjoy each other's company. And i honestly thought they were not only my clients they were my friends and then one day i got a horrible rude email from some person i'd never knew before and she said that i had no business teaching this person and i i taught her wrong and blah 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 and i was so offended by it i was shocked because this particular person I had trained two horses for, i had been to several clinics, came to my house weekly for lessons, would be blowing up my phone at 5 a.m. while I'm trying to drink my coffee, ask me questions. Or if I get in after a clinic, I'd have message from her to please look at my video and tell me what to fix. And I mean, I busted my butt for this client. So for her to say the stuff that she apparently said to this lady in this email stranger, I handled it poorly, though. I, I knew she'd done me wrong. And then the other girls, of course, confirmed she lied to me and confirmed that she did me wrong. But I made them choose. I made people choose between me and her and the group. And it really hurt the group. Nobody wanted the drama. See, that's the thing about people. People want a positive. They want they want to grow. Um, you know, I should make every client feel like my favorite client. If I could go back. I would have just let that lady out of my life and not involved anybody else if I could go back. I wouldn't have wasted any more time or breath on that person because she showed her colors. She showed me who she was. And that uh, crazy person that emailed me, never met her, never, still don't know her. Um, but the stuff that she sent in that email obviously was accurate about this woman. And the only reason this woman was getting attention is because this horse I trained was a phenomenal horse. He came out in no time clocking 2D, but this woman didn't even know what lead she was on. She couldn't ride. When I met her, her butt was slapping the saddle and her arms were flapping. She was a trail rider. So long story short, you know, this horse is just one of those rare great horses, even Fielder W. W.P.R.A. permit, still not knowing what lead she's on. This is just a very special horse. So of course, everybody was taking, uh, acknowledged to this horse. And, um, you know, and that's the only reason everybody, you know, and the problem she was having with the horse, uh, I said, look, you know, I could enter it for you and see. But I mean, I put 60 days of basics and barrels on it for her and it was just a natural. It just showed it was going to be a natural. It was not you know, an ex-rope horse. So it had some training. It was a young rope horse. It hadn't roped long, but it had good foundation. It was just a natural. And um, so anyhow, long story short, I wish I wouldn't have wasted any energy on it. But it's in the back of my mind, my entire balance of my years with clients that people are your friends and they are your clients, but only to a certain extent. And you have to protect yourself because everybody's going to go where whatever's best for them. So no matter how hard I work for you, no matter how much I give to you, if you know Sally blows in on town on the corner and is given a clinic and offering you a better deal you're going to go to Sally you know or whoever you know Betty I don't care call her what you want but you know and, and that's okay cuz you should you should keep learning you should go to where you want but I need to not take that personal but it's hard not to take something personal that you put everything into that you love and you create and you you ha- are invested in these horses and these riders so I think that taught me at that point in time that Team TLC was bad. Team TLC hurt. So to just do TLC, not Team TLC, and I don't know if that makes sense to people, but that's where I became more closed off. It's just like after you have a divorce from a twenty-five-four year marriage, you you don't want to ever have your heart broke again. Um. So that's how it is for people i think when you get through a life change when you're young you don't know so you see people fight on facebook and you see people fight over silly things and now i can say it's silly because if i look back i'll think gosh in 10 years from now they won't even remember this conversation but it was such a heated topic for them today so if my my young self if my old self go back and tell my young self let go of those people that don't resonate with you Let go of the clients that don't matter. Take care of the ones that do, the ones that do want you to help them, Um, you know, and the other ones, just let them go. But it was more about the lying to me than it was going to other trainers. It was, that's what it was about. It was the lying about it, the deceitfulness of it. I, I, to this day, I encourage all my clients to go to clinics and lessons. I always have, but Don't make me bust my butt for you and take care of you at 5 a.m. or after a long day of a clinic because I know you need me, only to find out you're paying Susie down the road more money and not bugging her like you do me and then lying to me about it. So so those are the things that I'm talking about that people do that just still kind of surprise me. So on a personal level, keep that spiritual part. Keep God. What would Jesus do? and you know jesus wouldn't fight that person they just let him go do what you gotta do i'll do me you do you you know follow your heart mental game is really important um i think that's what i've talked about me needing a day for me you know Saturday's going to be my day i do six days a week tlc for my clients i try to be there for them and i just want one day that i spend with my horse my dog doing my thing you know and um That kind of stuff you know just whatever Um, you know we all have to have our our time so and physically you know um, I think that's another part of it a lot of you want to get to that next level in barrel racing but maybe you're not in shape maybe you've let yourself get out of shape maybe your horse isn't as fit as they should maybe you're not going as much as you need to go to get consistent um, with competition the other thing is looking at the future a little bit like when you're young you don't really have to think so much about it but when you start getting closer to retirement age you have to think more towards that future but you i wish i also would have thought when i was younger there was only so much time that you can do blue collar work before your body's gonna wear out you know not saying that white collar work with your brain isn't exhausting physically and mentally too But it's just you have to think a little bit down the line. How long will I be able to do this? Just like in competition, there's a time for training horses. There's a time where they're in their prime. And there's a time where they've got to be retired. You need to think that stuff through. Are you going to retire that horse to your pasture? Are you going to sell them to some kid who runs their legs off in their 20s at speed shows? Are you going to give them a home maybe with someone who will only take them somewhere once a month and give them the best and best of care? Um, are you going to, you know, keep them forever? Um, you know, all these things have to be thought through when you're having these horses or rehoming them, maybe they not fit you and you decide to sell them, you know, and you need to make sure that they go to a good home. Um, you know, that's riding with heart to me. That's, you know, putting the horse first and the sport second, but still giving a hundred percent of yourself inside and outside that arena, um, so those are things I really think that people have to look at. Um, you know, in Colorado, I had the best, three of my best friends, two of them were in the birth of my child in the hospital with my husband. Um, and they, they were amazing friends. And when my husband wanted to move for his job, I told him, no, I love it here. The only way I'm moving for your job is if you put me closer to family again. So we ended up coming to his family and then he wasn't happy there. And a year later, he drugs me here where I don't know a dang soul and I have to start over again. So this is what I'm talking about. You have to put your your mind on what in the long run, how, when you're in love, you will do anything for that person. My son's in his 20s now and has a girlfriend i don't want him to get married or have babies yet because you change so much in your 20s and 30s i'm not saying people won't stay together i know couples now they got together in high school and are still together and they made choices to keep growing together and communicate and that's so important and communication is important it's important with your horse it's important with your girlfriends it's important with your spouse communication is key for everything Um, you know, even in the five months, my dad was here with me. We had two disagreements and they were heated. And afterwards we said, sorry, and talked it out and we were good. I would have never, ever wanted to leave that undone with my father because when he pulled out of here and I hugged him when he left, I don't know if this is going to be the last time I see him or at least another whole year before I see him again. So that's why I think it's important that people look at things, you know, just like credit cards, I see a lot of kids don't ever get talked to by their parents about budgeting, about getting a part time job to buy your own cell phone or buy your own truck. My son showed steers and paid for his own truck with the sh- steers that he sold. I worked part time in high school to s- buy my first Junker car, um, you know, as a receptionist and Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, and it was a car I was proud of, but I mean, it was a freaking clunker. But I was proud of it. And you value things more when you pay for it yourself. And my parents didn't show me how to budget. And I got myself in all kinds of trouble with credit cards as a young person. Um, It wasn't until my dad sat me down and said, look, here's what you make. Here's what you spend. Here's what you need to save. Here's how you get out of debt. And, you know, this is early 20s. I should have learned that in high school. Um, So sit down. And I know grownups that don't do it. You know, how much do you have coming in? How much do you have going out? How much can you afford to barrel race? You know, how much are your horses costing you? When I ask people, how much are you winning? How much are you spending? Most of them can't tell me. So don't jack up those credit cards because that interest rate, you will never pay them off. Be proud of yourself if you pay off your home and your truck and trailers paid for. You don't have to have the fanciest clothes or the fanciest rigs. You know, if you're living inside your means and you're peaceful and not stressed out, those things will divide marriages and families quicker than anything. Not communicating and money, you know, lying about monies and stuff. So those are all things to keep in mind. I'm going to have to wrap this up because I've been talking a really long time. But um, I just really feel like sometimes people get their feelings hurt. And it's not intentional, I think every single one of us is guilty about talking about somebody with your friend or your farrier or your whatever, and sometimes if that person was in the room, their feelings would be hurt, so I think we often need to think about that if we don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all right um you know, but everybody has an opinion about a horse or a rider or this or that, but ultimately, we have to think you know about being kind and, and all of that. So, so I, I, what I guess what I want to close with, because like I said, I've been talking a really, really long time here, is um, what I'd like you to take from this podcast as I close is let it go. We are who we are. And I got on this tangent as a coach. I need to understand what makes people tick. And I can tell you, most people learn by doing. Most people can't learn by listening or watching because I can sh- talk and I can show people things and they still can't do it. But once they do it a few times, they get it. And I'm the same way. The more you do something, the, most people, that's how it is. The more you do something, the better you get at it. So whether it's in training or competition or just in life, if it resonates with you, if it feels like it's um, good for you, if, if it's the right uh, energy for you, then keep it. If it's, if it's something you can't fix, let it go. If it's something that doesn't feel right, let it go, uh, and that can be people in your lives, that can be choices in your life. Uh, a lot of times, I'm guilty of hanging on for too long and trying for too long. I'm, I'm loyal. I don't like change, and you know, and I'll be unhappy and act out in different ways. You know, <laughs> so learn from those things. Um, I do feel very blessed that TLC, and God has been my steadies. Um, when everything else changes around me but even TLC had to pivot in 2020 when my hip got so bad I couldn't train horses since 2020. May of 2020 was the last time I took an outside horse for training so I'm very thankful and of course COVID hit at that same time so it took a while to pivot my business to fully lessons training and clinics and I'm thankful for the change and like I said I'm I'm grateful for it so I'm going to go ahead and close out um with focusing um i'd like you guys to focus on what changes you can make in your life and even if it's just one percent improvement a day a week a month whatever just make that one percent change for yourself um be positive be focused be confident uh let it go if it's not working for you um you know and and just you know just keep a really good attitude i want to just close finally <laughs> saying that i'm right <laughs> i say that like five times right i'm proud of all of you whether you're 1d or 5d um, mainly for working so hard um, inside and outside of the arena and also for putting um, your horse first I think that's awesome. And um, so that's really just what I want to say. Don't worry about comparing yourself to anyone else. Just be your own best, your own personal best, and do what makes you happy. And by all means, while chasing those goals and those dreams and you find yourself being too hard on yourself, try to laugh at yourself. Don't take things too serious and just try to find the positive and the happiness in it. I have a clinic this Saturday, even before a lesson, I'll pray, God, let me be positive. Let me help where I can help and, um, you know, and just guide me through this, where I need to go, show me the way for this. And I really feel like when I do that, my intentions are right on track and things go like they're supposed to go. It's only when I stray to my, I don't know, my personal drama or needs that over the years got me in trouble. And that's something maybe I can help you avoid. If you find yourself in turmoil, don't do it. Let it go. Move on to the good stuff. So anyways, um, thank you for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless y'all.